Pick 6 Podcast, Monday, August 19th. Week 2 of the preseason wraps up today, and we're kicking off Fantasy Week. Uh, and it's always been Ryan Wilson's fantasy to join me, Will Brinson, on this podcast on a Sunday night instead of talking with his family. So Ryan is here to do just that before we talk some football. And thankfully, Antonio Brown went insane. So uh, once again, I need to tell you about our Fantasy Telethon that's coming up. It's that time of year again, and I am thrilled. I am telling you, I am thrilled to tell you about our second annual Fantasy Football Telethon that's airing this week. What is it, you're wondering? It's six continuous hours on Thursday, starting at noon. Oh, my goodness. Our Fantasy Football Today crew and a plethora of guests will be answering your phone calls and dropping tons of knowledge to get you ready for your drafts. It's all hands on deck for our crowd, including me down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it's an 80s theme, I think. I'm not, maybe I'm not supposed to reveal that, but it's going to be awesome. Um, Brian McFadden, Danny Cannell, the entire Pick 6 crew, plus former NFL players like Roddy White, Eddie Lacy and Dwayne Bowe stopping by. They will take your phone calls as well. So you can call in. Um, you can watch it. It's going to be an awesome time. It's going to benefit a great cause. St. Jude, we're going to raise a bunch of money. So uh, fire up CBSSports.com and CBS Sports HQ. Noon Eastern on Thursday. Use the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV. Ryan, how pumped are you for this little 80s party? I think I'm getting promoted. Last uh, last. See, last year I was uh, in the stands filler phone answer. I think now I may get get to talk, so we'll see. You're, yeah, uh, you're um, not really your specialty per se to answer fantasy questions, is it? Lord, mercy, no. Who should I draft, David Montgomery or Austin Eckler? I took David Montgomery in round three. Uh, that's a 2016 league. I actually drafted. So what do you think about this team that I drafted? Wait a second. It's 26 teams? That team is, yeah. I mean, that's preposterous. <laughs> well, you're in it. Uh, it's 26 teams, yeah. Um, I did a 12-team league over the weekend, my main league. Some guys fell that surprised me a little bit, and so I ended up kind of making some interesting moves. I don't know if it's going to work out. I might have the worst running backs ever drafted. But hey, I, let me interrupt you, though, quickly, because I've noticed in this 26-team league that there aren't many running backs to be drafted. I've taken wide receivers. Maybe, maybe this is a function of having everybody you know in the league with you. I've taken wide receivers the first two picks, and I, I just made myself take a running back in David Montgomery in round three. Yeah. Um, you, see, you don't have a quarterback yet. Interesting. Not yet. Um, so I went DeAndre Hopkins at fifth overall. No big deal there. Then Michael Thomas fell to me in the second round. Um, then I grabbed George Kittle in the third round, and I think uh, Aaron Rodgers in the fourth. Does that sound right? I usually don't like to draft quarterbacks early, but when Rodgers fell that far, I felt like I had to yank on him. No, I took David Montgomery in the fourth because running backs were very scarce. Rodgers in the fifth. Um, but here are my running backs. David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, Royce Freeman, Damian Harrison, Daryl Henderson, and Justin Jackson. Am I in trouble? No, a lot of rookies. Uh, I like to, I actually contemplated Miles Sanders. Um, you're, you're asking me, non-fantasy expert. Daryl Henderson has a chance to play a lot because we don't know about Todd Gurley. Uh, who's, oh, Justin Jackson's definitely going to play. That's going to be a running back by committee and, and, San Diego, as I like to call it. Carson, California. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, could be worse. Yeah. Could be worse. It's not great though. Um, hey, let me tell you my three first picks because I know people love talking about fantasy. Devontae Adams, I think went eighth. Mm-hmm. But then I traded down. I didn't trade down, but he was low on, on the, um, CBSSports.com fantasy rankings in my second round pick. 
I took my boy, Tyler Lockett, who was big for me last year, who I think Compared- I got in the fourth round last year. I hate my team in that league. I drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers in that league as well. I'm just all in on Rodgers, which is I, I don't really like this situation. I'm a little, I'm just a little worried about those running backs, but maybe two of them will pop and I'll be my team will be great. Let um, me ask you this: Yeah, uh, if you can find out quickly when, and I would imagine he has gone. When did Antonio Brown go? Oh, we're in uh, round four now, I believe. Oh, in my draft, um, sixteen draft. In, my, draft, in a twelve-team league. Uh, let's see draft results. I will tell you because he it was surprising. Um, and we were about to talk about Antonio Brown too. Antonio Brown, third, second pick of the third round. What oh a, wow! I mean, the, that's still that feels like a value pick, uh, except that Mike Mayock was talking on, on Sunday, and maybe it's, it's not a value pick. Here was the worst pick of the entire draft: Calvin Ridley in the fourth round, ahead of Amari Cooper and Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs and Kenny Galladay. Whoops! Who did that? My buddy Franklin. Whoops. Oh, this isn't the CBS draft. This is a live draft. Yeah, we were live in the room. And he panicked and he pulled on Calvin Ridley. Uh, maybe it'll work out, but it probably won't. Uh, speaking of Antonio Brown, you mentioned him. He's back in the news. <laughs> back, he's back in the news. Or in a good way or a bad way? You won't believe this, Ryan. It's not a good way. And here is Mike Mayock, Raiders GM, issuing a statement to reporters that the Raiders team captured and posted on Twitter. Uh, you all know that A.B. is not here today, right? So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, we have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay? But we've, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in. We're all out. Okay? So we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope A.B. is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story. No question. No questions. My no man, questions, my, but plenty of questions. Oh, there's so many questions. What, all right, so first of all, weren't you sort of under the impression prior to this happening on Sunday afternoon that Antonio Brown – was sort of back in the fold and good to go, just needed to let his feet heal and everything would be fine, and he'd come out and have a bunch of yards for the Raiders. I mean, I, this is a, a very big twist in this story for me. Well, it sounds like he found the loophole in the Air Shoot, Air Max Extreme, whatever the <laughs> hell it's called. Yeah. And then the NFL sort of closed the loophole, went to an arbiter, and, and things didn't work out. So he can't wear a 10-year-old helmet or ten just under 10 years uh, they didn't pass. They, the, they they won't certify anything that's older than ten years, right? Right. So that's clearly what what set him off uh, again. Uh, it's in, it's crazy that we're talking about the helmet and that Mike Mayock. When I first saw this, I was saw it on tw- the Twitter that the Raiders tweeted it out, and I, I played the clip because I was like, oh, I thought this was a joke. And I thought if you watch the first three or four seconds, you see Mayock's facial expression, and it looks like maybe he's about to crack a smile, like he's joking around <laughs> with the media. He's coming over to talk about AB, and he's here now. And he makes mention of the helmet. And I thought maybe that was part of the joke. Like, no, no, he just pulled up in his Bentley. He's right around the corner. Uh, he, he's getting a foot massage. Turns out he, he was quite serious for the entire 30 seconds he was talking. And man, we, we talked about it last week when the first broke that the expectation was sometime, you know, a few weeks into the season, he might have a meltdown. It is August 18th as we're talking about this as Mike Mayock talked to the media and things are looking murky, man. I, I mean, this, it looks like the Martavis Bryant trade for a third round pick last year <laughs> is going to be a more productive trade for the Raiders than this Antonio Brown thing. I actually tweeted out afterwards that Hunter Renfro is going to have more catches than Antonio Brown 
actually doesn't sound so crazy now. Hunter Renfro is going to catch a lot of balls, I feel like, even though he's undersized and he, you know, he looks like he works at the hardware store. He's showing up and, and may, may I point to the 89 guys busting their tails. I don't know what to make of this other than, and you sort of talk about this every time we bring this up. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert are probably having a good chuckle right now. Yeah. The Steelers are loving this. I mean, so right now, if he were to be like, if, if the, I mean, the Raiders can't cut him, right? I mean, they would have 30, he would have 55 million in dead cap space with two different teams. You I mean, can they, put him on, we talked about this. I think Breach talked about it too. The NF, NFI list. I don't think so. No. Cause, okay. Cause he's already practiced. He's returned to practice. He showed up at the preseason game. Um, he had the helmet on. What's that? Yeah, but like you can't, you can't put him somewhere on the NFI for the, you know, for a foot injury when like it's the helmet thing that's causing it. If he refuses to play, they won't have to pay him. If he refuses to play over the helmet, um, yeah, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talks pointed out that per a source of knowledge of the situation, the NFL decided to require testing of the shoot air advantage after previously informing the Raiders that if receiver Antonio Brown could find one less than 10 years old, he could use it. The helmet failed the test. Uh, Antonio Brown tweeted, uh, NFL, uh, and NFL, uh, expletive I'm not allowed to use for life. Super prejudice, unbelievable. So he's obviously believes that the NFL is prejudiced against him and that the NFL is trying to keep him out of the game. Do you believe that? No, but Florio later tweeted on Sunday that it looks like the NFL is trying to make an example out of AB. Under what guys? I'm not sure. I don't know why he needs to be made an example of. He, he hasn't run afoul of the any NFL rules that I know of. He hasn't been suspended for anything. I don't know why they're making an example of him out of his helmet. He's literally the only person whinging about the helmet. We know that Tom Brady isn't. We know that Aaron Rodgers isn't. So he's the only guy left standing. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. it. It is bonkers, and I would imagine it's the absolute last thing that Sean Gruden and Mike Mayock thought they would have to be dealing with in terms of Antonio Brown off the radar bananas situations but you know but here we are I, I will point out and while big ben is no saint there was a lot of finger pointing in ed roethlisberger's direction uh when ab got run out of town mm-hmm. blaming him and i'm starting to think again he ain't a saint but i'm starting to think that maybe it wasn't big ben i mean if you're do you think the raiders would renege on the trade if they could right now oh god come on of course you think so a third and a fifth do you think they would – I don't know who the Steelers got in the fifth round, but I think the Steelers uh, – if, if the Steelers called the Raiders and said, we'll trade you Deontay Johnson, the guy we drafted <laughs> out of the MAC uh, in the third round for A.B., Mike Mayock would drive A.B. back to Pittsburgh in his minivan. <laughs> you think Mike Mayock has a minivan? He has all the air shoot helmets he's got to return to, to FedEx. <laughs> I mean, they found like 40 of those helmets on Twitter. Like, you can't find one that you can get certified, or you can't just wear a new helmet. I understand the construct of like – you know, I want the streamlined, the smaller helmet with the better visibility. I get it all. But, man, I mean, this just looks like a crazy pants situation for Antonio Brown. I, I just – I would put – what's your over-under? 12, 12 games played. Oh, uh, under? Under. Part of it's because he's going to be pouting. He missed the Week 17 game last year because he was – he got mad at Roethlisberger. But again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said when John and I, John Breach and I saw him at that Macy's fan signing during Super Bowl week. He seemed out of it. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I would imagine he didn't have these same 
demands when he was a six-round draft pick in 2010 trying to make a football team? No. Do you think that the Raiders – do you think, so you think the Raiders would – I mean, it just feels like there's no way Antonio Brown's going to actually skip games. But the threat from Mike Mayock where he says he's either all in or all out makes me believe that the Raiders at least want to consider the, the, the notion or the idea of moving on from Antonio Brown. But I don't think they can do it, Ryan, because of that salary cap hit because of the dead cap hit, and because, like, all of a sudden, you go from this offense where it's like, okay, maybe there, maybe there's a little something here to, you know, an offensive line that's coached by Tom Cable, who stinks at, at coaching up offensive lines, and a, and, a, and a receiving core that's spearheaded by Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro. I mean, this is a disaster receiving group if there's no Antonio Brown. It's not a disaster. I mean, it's... it's Tyrell Williams can't be your one. Right. It's an It's a... Slightly above average group. No, 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 no. no. All right, here it is. It, with, without Antonio Brown. They have Ryan Grant. They signed him. Who else they have? Ryan Grant. <laughs> they got Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson, Ryan Grant, Dwayne Harris, Keelan Doss, Hunter Renfro. And yeah, Marshall. Keelan Doss is undrafted. He's a small school guy and no guarantee to make the team, although his chances just got a lot better. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's played well, and uh, he's been getting. Drafted, who's the tight end they drafted? They drafted a kid at LSU. Uh, Ma, uh Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau, yeah. And Darren and he, Waller, dude. This is a bad receiving uh, core. Let me ask you this: Would you rather just say forget the Antonio Brown trade and have Jared Cook resign him? Yeah, and they, so like you get rid of Antonio Brown's money and you get Jared Cook. Absolutely. I mean, is there anything I could say after you get rid of Antonio Brown that you wouldn't agree to? <laughs> I mean, I, I still think AB can be productive. I just think this is such a nightmare. We are so close to the start of the season. And don't forget that, like, this is not as simple as the Raiders can just dump him and move on. I mean, he would count 30.125 million against the cap in terms of dead cap if they cut him. Um, next year, if they cut him, they cut him, you know, before 2020, It'd be $15 million in dead cash space against the, against the cap. Uh, if he was a post June one cut, uh, next year, you could, um, you, you would actually, you know, you, you don't save anything. You save like less than $3 million in cap space. He's not going anywhere for two years. You gave him this contract after he weaseled his way out of Pittsburgh and now he's turning into the craziest person in football. I do wonder, he, Made him, made the Steelers get rid of him. There was no question about that. I do wonder if the Steelers would have put up with all the nonsense if week 17 had gone the way it did where he got kicked out of practice and didn't show or they did, didn't let him play, uh, in that game they needed to win against the Bengals. I think that he would still be there if he didn't force his way out. So, I mean, it, it's haha funny to say Colburn and Tomlin did the right thing, but I think their, their hand was definitely forced. So of they're course, not, of course. They're not free and clear. I mean, they have a good track record of getting rid of wide receivers too early, as opposed to too late. But man, this is a doo-doo show. Here is here is Antonio Brown's extent of training camp, and this is uh, via Paul Gutierrez of ESPN. He has been there for 24 days. He has taken a hot, one hot air balloon to report uh, on, on the day that everybody showed up. He has participated in one pre-practice walkthrough on July 28th. Was limited before leaving early on July 30th. Took part in pregame warmups in Arizona on Thursday, and was a full participant in Saturday morning's walkthrough. And then disappeared for the second time on Sunday. He's absolutely insane. I mean, you, you may not be far off. He has a, the thing is like, if you're a professional athlete, it boggles my mind that no one would know where you are yeah. at your place of work. Would you rather be John Gruden? Or Drew Rosenhaus, AB's agent. 
Uh, well, John Gruden. Well, no, uh, John Gruden because he has ten years, a hundred million dollars. But I mean, like this looks like a total egg. The Raiders per per Gutierrez too were quote excited about Brown's return, and after he was a full participant in Saturday morning's walkthrough, the team anticipated him practicing fully as soon as Sunday. That was yesterday, today, when we're recording this, and then he just goes rogue. But I just don't see – there's no repercussions. They just sort of have to kowtow to him and let him do whatever he wants. Well, there are repercussions. Mayak just said, we need you to be here or, or but what, gonna be what are they going to do? They're not cutting him. No, they're not going to cut him. But if he doesn't play, I would imagine he makes a lot of noise. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't – oh, my God. It's just it's just insane. Um. Okay. Do you, off the top of your head, know where they ranked in terms of travel schedule that our John Breach does every summer? Uh, I can look it up real quick, but I do. I would imagine they're top three or four teams in terms of travel schedule. Last year they won. Here's the here's the headline from John Breach: 2019 NFL schedules by distance, because that's a Breach headline. Raiders hit hardest by travel miles. Okay, so last year they won four games and they traveled. I think. They were top two team in travel. Maybe the actually maybe they traveled the most again. Thirty two thousand twenty three. So yeah, this team over under. Do you know that off the top of your head? I have to six under. Yeah, it's this probably, team might go under last year's four win total. It, it, this team might be terrible. I mean, the assumption that the offense would be good was predicated on Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown, Josh no, Jacobs stepping in. August. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this team. I would, I would absolutely take the under on this team if, if it's not down to five and a half. Six is a good number. They're not going to win six games. Um, also in the news in the AFC West, unfortunately for yours truly, Derwin James suffered an injury. My team, the Los Angeles Chargers, Derwin James expected to be out, I believe, three to four months. Uh, Derwin James was, I am pretty sure, an All Pro. No, Pro. Yeah, yeah, he's the first team All Pro last year. Mm-hmm. So you just lost a. First team all pro before the season for three to four months. He's going to be gone until at least November. Um, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network reported that it is a fracture of his fifth metatarsal and he will be operated on by Robert Anderson, who is a, the noted foot doctor based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, a firmer timeline will be determined after the surgery, but a return in mid-November is considered a best case scenario. Should I be getting off the Chargers Super Bowl bandwagon at this point? Much bigger loss than Melvin Gordon. Much, much bigger loss. Much bigger. I'd rather lose Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon than Derwin James for three weeks. Yeah. And, again, I feel bad saying it. Melvin Gordon is a really good running back, and he seems like a decent person, but that's just the reality of the position he plays. So now the question becomes, how do you fix that in the secondary? And the answer is you can't, and you have to sort of jerry-rig something together with uh, chicken wire and a VCR. I think that's a line from All Rats. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, make that work. I mean, they drafted a guy, Nasir Adderley, but he's, he's a free safety. He doesn't play linebacker slash safety like, like we saw with Derwin, Derwin James. So they got to figure that out, whether it's Adrian Phillips, Darius Pickett, Nasir Adderley, and, um, Casey Hayward spoke to the ringer about that. And he said the person who comes in for Dorn might not have to play linebacker, might not have to play free safety, might not have to do the blitzes. He's probably going to be more specific, and, and the implication is that you're going to have three or four guys trying to fill the needs of one Derwin James. Yep. And since you can't have 14 guys on the field, they're going to have to figure some things out. And that makes their path to the uh, AFC uh, West title uh, uh, a little more tenuous. I would actually argue that the loss of Derwin James 
opens up the window for the Broncos. <laughs> Dead serious. I thought I was the Broncos homer. No, Broncos. I'm the Broncos guy. You got to steal the Broncos from me. Okay. I think I'm fine I, with that. I don't I, want to be on the Joe Flacco bandwagon. I think there's a pretty good chance that the Chargers could take a big step back at this point. Wow. Now you're just reverse jinxing yourself so it works out. Maybe. I mean, look. They still got Phil Rivers. Hunter Henry's back. They got Keenan Allen. They got Mike Williams. Every I mean, effing year, it's somebody getting hurt before the season starts, and it's like a stud player. Last year was Hunter Henry with the ACL. This year, it's Derwin James with a, a foot injury that might get him back in November. I mean, they can still make the playoffs, of course, but, like, he's a difference maker on that defense, a big-time difference maker. And They don't know, beat the Ravens without Derwin James. No. you got Denzel Perryman at linebacker, Thomas Davis. Those guys are both injury-prone. Uh, Casey Hayward and, uh, you know, Desmond King. They're some good players. But when you take Derwin James out of that backfield, it falls way down the list in terms of top-end backfields because he is, again, all-pro. He's a first year, first team all pro, his first season in the league. He's a devastating in coverage, a brutal guy in terms of like laying the wood on running, running, running backs and, and people coming through uh, on the run. And I just don't know that you could really quantify how big of a loss Derwin James is. I, I can be a pro football focus. 18 quarterback pressures, four sacks, both tied for the lead, uh, lead league among all D backs last season. And, uh, the, the Ringer article makes a, a pretty, Important point in a league increasingly skewing traditional tradition, uh, tra- traditional position labels. James is as close as it gets to positionless. He never comes off the field, Casey Edwards said, and, and now he's not going to be on the field for at least three months. Mm. Who was uh, was somebody out at the? How did he end up talking to Nasir Adderley? Interesting. I don't know. I guess he was out of practice. I guess they're in L.A. like the Ringer. So Danny Danny Heifetz was out there. He's a good there writer. Go. Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, recap some preseason stuff and talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, so... On over the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys played a game of football, a game of preseason football. And um I know you're excited for it, Ryan. I know you're excited because it was the, the Cowboys and the Rams, fourteen to ten, a real barn burner. But yeah, I don't know if you saw and it was they wrote about it today on CBS Sports on Sunday.com. 
Sean McVay was uh, CBS on the Sports, sideline. CBS Sports on Sunday.com. Sounds like a great website. <laughs> they wrote about it on Sunday on CBSSports.com. Sean McVay was on the sidelines calling plays as he usually, do, usually does. Took off the headset and put on the headset to communicate with the booth, which had um, Mina Kimes was in the booth, um, MJD was in the booth, and Andrew Siciliano were calling the plays. And he was actually calling the plays from the sideline as his defense was on the field against the, the Cowboys. And it was actually a fun three minutes to watch. So um, if you haven't seen that, check it out on CBSSports.com. Uh, we could do that. Should we, we could even play the entire three minutes. Is that too much? Was yeah, that... too much. You can play 30 seconds. Uh, let's see what happens. Good. Let's see and what let happens. me ask you this. Yeah. As you listen to it, and listeners at home, close your eyes and Visualize who Sean McVay sounds like when he's on the sideline. Uh, hold on, give me a second. I'm bringing it up right now. Where's Ryan Wilson? Um, <laughs> I tried to send it to you, but it's not working. Let me see if I can find uh, NFL Network. Just keep talking, Ryan, while I look for it. All right. Um, what was oh, yeah. you, so he was like calling out the he's, he's calling out the defense, right? Yeah, his defense, and it's 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 sort of an insight into the mind of. A very young genius. Was, uh, was, was, was Mita Kimes losing her mind in the, in the thing as he was doing it? No, uh, Sean McVay was doing all the talking. Uh, Siciliano did a little, little chatting, but it was mostly Sean McVay who clearly will have a, a great. There it is. There we go. This first down, man. It looks all like right. we got a three deep four underneath structure right here. Let's okay. see how we do. We've been good on these early downs after that first drive. So you want to call the play? Oh, right, let's see what the offense is doing. We got short motion to slot. Looks like it might be a little bluff. Stutter action. Ooh. Great job by Dakota Allen right there, man. He recognized the guard pulled downhill. That's what you loved about him from Texas Tech. That's a big time stop. Hey, he's made plays today. Detrez Patrick has made plays today as well. Obo Okawankwo has made plays. You gotta like all three no, of them. It's been good, man. You know, Greg Gaines had a big stop a couple to his last series, so this is big. If anytime you can get these offenses in these, get back on track downs, that's always good for us defensively, and we can kind of get into attack mode a little bit. Talking to Sean McVay down on the field here. He is wearing the headset and coaching at All the right. same time. Split safety match coverage for us. Great job by Darius Williams, man. He just keeps showing up. That's, that's a great play right there, man. Third down and 13 is not a play, not a down as an offensive coach. I'll let you call those plays, Andrew. <laughs> that's pretty good stuff. I mean. Who do you sound like? Uh, Sean Wagner? John Gruden. Oh, he does sound like Gruden. Yeah, yeah, he does sound like Gruden. Well, I mean, you saw that hard knocks. Gruden was like hanging out with the 22 year old Sean McVay. So, I mean, no surprise that that would happen. Um, in this game between Dallas and LA though, Ryan, perhaps more importantly, um, a little fella named Tony Pollard got loose and Tony Pollard ran. If I can find the boxing one, I believe five times for 42 yards and a touchdown. That'd be good for 10 fantasy points. And it caused, uh, Jerry Jones rather to be, uh, rather excited, uh, about, about the idea of Tony Pollard potentially even taking over for Zeke Elliott in the backfield. And when asked about it after the game, Jerry Jones said, well, I can't find the damn audio now. Uh, he said, Zeke, who? Wank, wank. What do you think about Sad that? trombone. Yeah, so look, Tony Pollard, I, I liked him. I didn't love him. He was a fourth-round pick, I believe, but that's because he was basically a, a guy without a position at, at Memphis. Pollard. I finally found the yeah, Zeke, who? 
<laughs> He's got your camera. He's like, that's Clarence Hill. Jerry would like to remind you, he's not really mean that. He actually does love Zeke. He's not, he does not mean that. Please do not take him seriously. Uh, or maybe, maybe too. I mean, he maybe he's, I love it. It's like, he's like, oh, I'm on camera. Who knew? It's like, Jerry, you know what you're doing. You know, you might be having fun, but you know, you're sending a message when you say that. Yeah. And you got to be careful because I saw the quote. I didn't hear the audio until just now. If I'm Zeke and I'm hearing that and I just heard it, I couldn't see the, the actual moving pictures. Yeah. I'm not happy about it because it makes you look like a fool. So yeah, when you're, you know, one of the most competitive people in one of the most competitive businesses, you may not take that well. But I guess you could say the same thing about Jerry Jones, who not not wanted to be taken advantage of. So we'll see. I mean, Tony Pollard was great in a week two preseason game. <laughs> Whether that translates to anything more, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, we we're just talking about Melvin Gordon. You can find running backs, yada yada yada. But I mean, great night for Tony Pollard. He's far from being a complete player. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's, you could say like, uh, we're going to trot Tony Pollard out there. You're not running Tony Pollard out for the season expecting him to have the same year that Zeke Elliott would. Zeke Elliott has led the league in rushing yards per game every year for the last three years since he was drafted. He is, excuse me, the most dangerous running back, the most complete running back in football when he is playing. And if the Cowboys lose him, uh, it's going to be, if the Cowboys don't have him, it's going to be a problem. By the way, when I was picking fifth overall, I was basically like, all right, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins or Zeke Elliott, whichever one falls to me, in a non-PPR league. And frankly, I was kind of glad that Zeke didn't make it there. I, I think Hopkins is a better, safer pick, right? Are we at the point now, because, you know, I'm not a fancy person, where wide receivers are more reliable than running backs? Uh, Yes, Absolutely. Oh, good to know. <laughs> at, yeah, no, no, I mean, no, we are at, yeah, I think we're absolutely at that point. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the reality is that, yeah, I mean, like, you just can't necessarily trust all of these running backs because Melvin Gordon's not going to play. I, I had a lot of people, friends texting me like, hey, like, and like, asked me during this draft, they're like, what's the deal with Melvin Gordon? We want an honest answer. I was like, here's the honest answer. I don't know what's happening, but I'm not touching him. I'm not using a third-round pick on Melvin Gordon at this point. I was wrong when I said I thought that he would definitely be back. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't, yeah, we don't know. I mean, I, do you think he's going to be back? I think he's backed himself into a corner, and it's one of those things, again, we're talking about being a super competitive person. Do you want to look like you back down after planting your flag and, and then no. having to pick it up and bring, it back, bring no. it back and put it in your locker? No, you look like an idiot. Yeah, so it, it's a... Look, man, he makes five point six million, and Ekelar and, and Justin Jackson make six hundred thousand dollars combined. I mean, that combined each yeah, one point two million. So yeah. you, you do math. Yeah, it should not be surprising that nobody is willing to to like to dive in on this and pay Melvin Gordon. It's just not he's not going to come back. Um, the Chargers also played uh, in the preseason, I believe, didn't they? Yes, they did. They played the Saints. Taysom Hill led the Saints uh, in. Uh, in terms of passing yards and rushing yards, how exciting. And uh, Cardell Jones led the Chargers in passing yards. Phillip Rivers did not play. Easton Stick, Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod's a clear backup, but Cardell might have actually done a pretty good job of potentially saving his job. Teddy Bridgewater, not great. 5 of 12 for 40 yards and, a, and an interception. Does that worry you at all about the Saints? No, Teddy Bridgewater was sick. He played anyway. They're fine. As long as Drew Brees didn't get hurt, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a win as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Drew Brees didn't play new to Phillip Rivers. They were goofing around before that. Um, elsewhere in, uh, let's see, NFL news, Daniel Jones, 11 of 14, 161 yards, a TD, a sack, but he also lost two fumbles against the Bears as the Giants won 32 to 13. I have a note here from Debo, our producer. He was imperfect in his second preseason game. I think that's a little unfair because I'm not saying Daniel Jones was perfect. He had a pretty good day, a pretty good day there, right? Yeah, so good. In fact, that Pat Shermer is officially tired of answering questions about him, and he said you heard the owner talking about John Mara who said that Eli Manning has been a, a great piece of this franchise forever, since 2004, and the expectations that he will start. And Pat Shermer said, you heard what the owner said, he's going to start. The insinuation is that maybe Pat Shermer isn't on board with the owner who appears to be making quarterback decisions, but whatever. I mean, look, don't start Daniel Jones. He took six overall, lose a bunch of football games and get fired and try to figure it out, I guess. I, I would start Daniel Jones just because that's the whole point. Why, why are you drafting him? He's playing pretty well. I know it's preseason. You can't draw huge conclusions from it, but I've seen Eli Manning play and he's not good. John owns the team. I've said the same things, but sometimes you guys don't believe me, but we're on the same page. Sure, Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, look, at the bottom line is if Eli stinks, you're going to, and, and like they've said that they don't think that it's Eli's fault that the team struggles, but you're going to have to go to Daniel Jones at some point. You can't just keep trying to Eli out there if you're losing football games, right? Silence should tell you all you need to know. Kareem Hunt. Rushed twice for six yards and said it feel, felt good to definitely get back in game mode. Here are the crowd, the bright lights again, just going day by day, feeling it out, getting my legs underneath me and just keep getting better in the Browns 21 to 18 victory over the Colts. Um, what, how many carries, what percentage of the carries when he's back do you think Kareem Hunt will get, uh, from the Browns with Nick Chubb also there? 40%. Wow. You don't bring John Dorsey doesn't bring a pariah into town after uh, on the heels of the domestic violence stuff that got him in trouble without the expectation that he's going to play a lot. That's a right. Point. I would think so. You would hope so. Duke Johnson's gone, so they want to run the ball. By the way, these I'm looking at the scoreboard for all the games, and the one liner for the Browns Colts game is this: teams combined for 29 penalties. Mm, not great. 29 pillows. Andrew Luck, by the way, participated in pre-game, pre-game warm-ups and on the field was my boy from QBU, the one, the only Jacoby Brissett. Oh, I was like, where are you going with this? Philip Rivers was there? <laughs> yeah, Jacoby Brissett, that's right. He was going to start the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, odds at? I'll say 35% chance that uh, he starts the season. Oh, that's low. Is it higher? Uh, what's going on with this guy's leg? Brissett, by the way, 8 of 10 for 100 yards and a touchdown against the Browns defense. Baker Mayfield did not play. Uh, Chad Kelly, Swag Kelly came in 12 of 17, 115 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think Brissett can carry this team. If Luck's not ready, and he participated in pregame warm but if Luck's not ready, just don't force the issue, man. You just don't, don't have to. You don't think they would? I don't think they'll force the issue. They, they they seem to be they have been pretty patient with luck and his injuries. I think the the longer term concern is why is he not durable? Yeah, I am with you there. Um, let's see. Uh, rookie He's running back over James Washington two game totals eight receptions one hundred sixty two yards. 
Wow. I like James Washington. He's a free Tell agent. Him, He's a free agent. I'm going to scoop him up. Would you rather have Geronimo Allison for the Packers or James Washington? Well, James Washington did, did absolutely nothing last year. He's a rookie. Rookie running, rookie running receivers don't do big stuff. No, that's right. But he's looked, again, with the caveat that's the preseason, he's looked unstoppable against, a, as Pete will call him, a bunch of, a bunch of uh, bartenders and bouncers. <laughs> so we'll see. But I don't know. How good do you feel about Geronimo Allen? Not great. I was just desperate for a receiver. Um, I'm not going to grab James Washington. By the way, Patriots lose to the Titans 22 to 17. And Jared Stidham was awesome again. 14 to 19, 193 yards and a touchdown. People are really. Patriots won. Sorry. What's that? Patriots won. Patriots won. Sorry. 22 17. That's right. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, awesome again. Seven for 11, 84 yards for one touchdown. Marcus Mariota also six of nine for 63 yards and a touchdown. Notable. That two rookies stood out for the Patriots. You know who? Sure. Well, let me, let me, I know one. Let me tell you the other one. And I didn't watch this game, but I've had to guess based on the draft picks. Uh, Winovich. Uh, Winovich did make a play, but Damian Harris, 14 carries, 80 yards. Remember, Sony Michelle, uh, all, like, perpetually recovering from a knee injury. So it is possible that Damian Harris could be heavily involved. Um, I think they, I think they'll feature him if they believe that he can be a running back who, who could do that. Also caught four, four catches for 23 yards. Jacoby Myers, six of six on targets for 82 yards. This guy is just a beast. He's making this team. It's so funny because he had a good but not great senior bowl. He didn't stand out. He didn't run great times at the combine. Didn't he went undrafted. Well. I thought he should have been a, you know, day three pick at worst. Yep. And now he goes to, to the right place, clearly, and it's it's all coming together. Yep. Uh, as you mentioned, James Washington for the Steelers, four catches, 78 yards. Uh, the Steelers beat the Chiefs 17-7, to even though I believe that Patrick Mahomes played the entire first half. That's not ideal. No, he played the first – he didn't play – he no, played no, no, parts no. of the first quarter. So, yeah, that's right, parts of the first quarter. And it was 0-0 by the time I turned the television on after he had left the game. Um Mason Rudolph actually looked not terrible. He threw every pass to James Washington, his buddy in college, which sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um, what did Deontay Johnson do? Do you have that in front of you? I do. If this website will load, I won't mention what website it is because I'll get in trouble. Deontay Johnson, five targets, three catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. So, and the tote board. Can you, he's ahead of Antonio Brown? He's ahead of Antonio Brown. Can you bet on, I wonder what that, like, what would, like, like Deontay Johnson, more receiving yards than Antonio Brown. It would, you'd get like fifty to one, right? Ten to one. Well, so wait a second. Those odds are better than Trubisky's MVP odds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Antonio, I mean, two hundred to one sounds all right. Two hundred to one, Deontay Johnson. Antonio Brown might not play. He's got, he, there's no way. How can he not play? I mean, this is insane. Nothing is, nothing is all. That's it. If he's if he announces his retirement as soon as we end this podcast, I will not be surprised. Yeah, it wouldn't be shocked at all. Um. Let's see. What else do we have from the preseason? Um, yeah, Mr. Mahomes, a cameo. Uh, Josh Rosen, I thought, look, he played okay. He didn't play great. But guess what? His team around him is absolutely terrible. It is. And Brian Flores seems to me – oh, this reminds me of something. Remind me to, to mention that Armando Salguero. I saw this report, yeah, that they uh, that the Dolphins won't trade for Jadavid Clowney. Why? Because they want to save their picks – so they can draft a quarterback, meaning they don't believe in Rosen just quite yet. So wait a second. Let, let's unpack that for a second. So it sounds like Brian Flores, the new head coach, isn't crazy about Josh Rosen. I don't know if that's just him. That's his media presence, and secretly he actually likes him. <laughs> but if the Salguero thing is, has any truth to it, 
why why are you trading a second round pick for Josh Rosen in the first place? That's a great question. Like if you didn't if you weren't sure you liked Josh Rosen, you shouldn't have made that trade. Uh James Winston, two of five for twenty four yards. Ryan Fitzmagic, three of nine for twenty yards in this game. Not great, Bob. Rosen just makes a bunch of throws, but he's just always under duress. He's under duress. There were a lot of drops. Preston Williams, who had a great week one, struggled in week two, the undrafted guy out of Colorado State who would have been a day two pick if he didn't have the off-field concerns. Um, and then, as you said, there, there's no one blocking for him consistently. He didn't get a lot of throws downfield. But, again, when you have a half a second to throw the ball, that sort of complicates matters. But we said this from the moment he was traded. This is the worst possible scenario for Josh Rosen. Absolutely. He anywhere else and been much better off. And, uh, oh, by the way, I don't think you watched the Panthers game, but uh, I didn't either. But I saw Will Greer's stat line, the third-round pick, the quarterback out of West Virginia. Then I saw people tweeting about he was so terrible that, that people were like, is he actually going to not make the team? And yeah. That would be- I talked about this with somebody. They were like, yeah, I mean, they might not keep him on the team. No, I was talking with local radio guys. I was like, they're keeping him on the team. He's, He's a third-round third pick. pick. He's a top 100 pick or thereabouts. They're yeah. keeping him on the team. He um, had a an atrocious senior ball, and he's, he, had a, he's had a very bad. The problem is, the problem is like so they have Kyle, um, Kyle, uh, Kyle Allen, right? They have him, and they have Taylor, I, Taylor I, Heineke, I, right? So the theory is, I think that they're going to try to either put Allen or Greer on the practice squad. Ain't going to work. Oh, whoa, whoa, Greer, no way! You can't put Greer on the practice squad. Somebody will grab him. They, no, you can't put either one of those guys on it. The, 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 I'm stuttering. The Eagles will take all those guys that they put on yes, the practice squad. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. If you, if, if somebody tries to put, sneak a quarterback on a practice squad, the Eagles are coming to get it because Cody Kessler now in concussion protocol. Um, Nate Sudfeld going to be out, I think, several weeks at least, right? Maybe months. Yeah, and, uh, it's just basically Carson Wentz and, uh. Signed an old timer. Did you miss him in transit? Oh, Josh McCown. Came out, he had the ES, I think ESPN job. Yeah, he was at ESPN, and now he's left, and everybody at ESPN is like praising him, what an incredible guy he is. He's by far considered like the nicest guy on the planet, and now he's going to be quarterbacking for the, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah, the, the, the Panthers, not great. Cam Newton didn't play, no surprise there. They're going to take him as slow as possible. Josh Allen was 9 of 12 for 102 yards. Matt Barkley, uh, 8 of 10 for 110 yards. Bills won 27 to 14. Buffalo's been lighting it up at the preseason. They might be a week three team to bet on. Oh, Prisco's so happy. Oh, no, he loves it. Um, and hey, dude, I don't know if you talked about this on Friday or if the podcast had already been taped, but did you talk about Callie Murray's performance on Thursday night? Yes. What did you think? Okay. Well, it was, it was great. But it was again, a disaster. You can't get, the highlight is the Raiders won a football game and they're 2 and on the preseason. <laughs> and this is the, they're going to have to look back at the end of the year and go, you know what? We were 2 and on the preseason and then things went horribly wrong. Yeah. No, I'm fine with Kyler Murray's performance and it's not entirely him. And, and again, I wonder how long the, the shine's going to come off the, the rose. Is that the saying? With his Cliff Kingsbury offense, if, I don't, what is the, what is the saying? I mentioned, shine, the rose is shine. I realize rose is shine. Um, I don't know either. The, uh, the bloom is off the rose. I had mentioned this when I was doing the intro on, on for Friday show. Like, this isn't RG3 and the Shanahan's where they're busting out this offense no one's seen before. This is just the air raid. Like, it's not going to stun anyone. You can't do anything that's like totally different. I realize it's been vanilla, but you're not going to just unleash this monster no one's seen and have the, and have the Cardinals dominate. I, I would be concerned. Yeah. Well, the, the catalyst to all that is Kyler Murray. You're not having, Joe Flacco run that offense. That's right. So that's right. Calamari has to be on point, and 
He did. He not struggled play. a little bit, and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Lions and Texans, the final game we will discuss. DeAndre Hopkins, my first round pick, caught two catches for 17 yards and one touchdown from Deshaun Watson early on. Um, and then we saw, um, not really a whole lot. Carry on Johnson carried the ball three times. 19 different dudes had rushes for the, for the Texans. Uh, Watson, five of seven for 60 yards and a touchdown. Matthew Stafford did not play. David Fales and Josh Johnson were out there for the, uh, for the Lions. TJ Hawkinson, one catch, 22 yards. Not a whole lot going on in terms of the, the Lions offense, but it feel, feels like all systems are good for the Texans, at least in terms of Watson and Hopkins. Let me, let me point this out to you. So our guy, Jim Bob Cooter got canned. Yeah. Daryl Bevel is now the OC in, in, uh, Detroit. And I'll throw this stat out. Out at you. The Lions on third down this preseason, three for 22. Yes. Not great, Bob. You're so excited to fire Matt Patricia, aren't you? <laughs> I don't think he's getting fired. Would you be, would you enjoy it if he got fired? No, of course not. I don't want a guy to get fired. And I don't hate Matt Patricia. The whole, that whole thing where he's just going on, and I'm not one. Okay, what, be, what happens? What if Sean Wagner got fired? Would you appreciate? Would you be excited? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't want Sean to get no, fired. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, we're gonna hang out with Sean tomorrow. In fact, or it's actually today, because we're in Fort Lauderdale by the time you're listening to this. We're gonna have a lot of other good shows coming up. Do we miss anything from the news around the NFL? I don't think so, right? One game tonight on Monday, 49ers Broncos. George Kittle better have a big one. Um, oh, oh, I forgot about one more thing. Sorry. Josh, I actually missed the entire giant section of news that Debo had put on this rundown. Josh Gordon conditionally reinstated. Do you think that, uh, he's on the NFI list? The Patriots smartly put a one-year, $2 million restricted free agent tender on him back in March. He signed it in April. And Roger Goodell said in a statement, we are all rooting for Josh to, to, to succeed, both personally and professionally. Everyone shares in the hope, in that hope, and will continue to support him to every extent possible. But as Josh acknowledged, ultimately, his success is up to him. Huge. Huge Just, development. Um, I'm stalling because I want to show you a tweet. I don't think you saw it, or maybe you did. But uh, during the halftime of the game, of the uh, Patriots game, I don't know who the halftime reporter is. Here it is. I'm going to send it to you. You can play it if you want. I think he works for the Patriots. He must. But he asked Bill Belichick about Josh Gordon's reinstatement. And um, it is Bill Belichick taken to level $4 billion in terms of Bill Belichick answers when talking to the media. So I just <laughs> I just sent it to you on, on Slack, on the Gchat machine. Uh, on the Gchat, I should play it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Let's, uh, let's hear what it is. This is halftime. Saturday. Oh my god, he looks so mad. I mean, now it's picture head coach Bill Belichick. Before I even want to talk about the first half, I do want to bring up Josh Gordon because you put out a statement earlier today. Anything you'd like to add to that? Nope. Not at all. No, that's why I put out the statement. Okay. All right. Good luck in the second half. Coach Belichick, I get. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, Ward nope. Sharp correctly tweets, I see no lies. Ask better questions. I mean, he's not wrong. Like, anything you want to add to the statement? Nope. You can't tell that that reporter, like, was like, you have to act. Like, somebody was like, you have to ask about Josh Gordon. He's like, please don't make me ask him about Josh Gordon. He's going to be mad. <laughs> and oh, like, the, look, nope. the look of disdain on that man's face. And that the person he was talking with, I don't, do you know who that is? Uh, just a, a former Patriots player, but I'm not sure. He is. Yeah, he's a good eight inches taller than Bill Belichick. Clearly could throw Bill Belichick through a wall if he wanted to. The look of fear on that man's face when Belichick shot him down with those four or five words <laughs> tells the whole story. Yeah, I'm not, I'm actually not sure who, uh, let me see if I can find it. I'll tell you. I think it's, uh. Um, he would prefer to remain anonymous. 
It is because they have uh my boy Bob Sochi Bob Sochi, who had me on his podcast actually. We have to have him on Scott Zolak. Rainbows and unicorns. Um, and then, uh, I think it's Steve Burton. Yeah, that's who it is. From WBZ TV. Also, of course, Rob Nikovich on that broadcast team. So, uh, that's, I think that's all the news. Does that cover everything? Yep. That was on Bill Wellichap. Yeah. Ryan, would you like to add anything to this podcast? Nope. <laughs> that's why we did the podcast. That's why I did it in the statement. All right. We got to go hang out with Sean Wagner, John Breach, and everybody at the CBS offices. Reminder. Fantasy Football Telethon, Thursday, noon, Eastern, and uh, we will be doing it for six hours. We'll answer all your fantasy questions, and we'll be doing a fantasy week all week long, live from Florida. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ryan.